with her erotic romance novel Fifty Shades of Grey. British author E.L. James helped unleash BDSM from its taboo constraints and released it kicking and screaming into mainstream bookstores, creating a fetish frenzy in 2011. Terms like dom, sub and the idea of a safe word were no longer considered the lexicon of the deep, dark underground world of bondage, dominance, sadism and masochism. But just how true to life is James's portrayal of kink and what happens when the roles are reversed and it's the feeling female who's the dominant in the dynamic. Well, earlier today I took a trip to Cape Town's northern suburbs to meet mom of two, Mistress Berlin, who is a professional dominatrix. Berlin, welcome to Cape Talk and thank you so much uh, for inviting me here to your dungeon uh, somewhere in the northern suburbs. It, it's so intriguing when we talk about BDSM and, and fetishes and I think there are so many misconceptions around what it is and what it is that you do. But you are a professional dominatrix is that right that's correct hi sarah jane thank you and welcome to my dungeon before you were doing this and we will talk about this in just a second what were you doing i was i I was a drama teacher i uh, studied acting and i approached this job from an acting perspective and um just grew to really really enjoy it myself once you decided that you were going to make this your career how did you then go about it? Sarah Jane, this, the, the central fantasy makes everything look really easy. Um, but in fact, you need to have the right place, right time. You need to be prepared. You need to have the, the right equipment. And mistakes are unacceptable. So the way I went about it was to learn as much as possible. I took about a year and read about the subject. I, it took me about a year to collect all the necessary equipment. I made a lot of it myself and I put my ad on the internet and went for it. And what happens? So the the ad goes onto the internet and you sit and wait and, and the first call comes in. And can you remember, can you take us back to that time with that first call? I certainly can, although I don't really want to recall it. Um, because it was scary for me in the beginning. The worst or the most difficult part for me is to vet my clients. I need to know exactly what they're interested in and if it's something that I can deliver with confidence. Once you'd sort of settled in to doing what you do, once you'd settled into that, how easy was it for you to sort of wake up every morning, uh, put on the gear and say, right, today I, today I am Berlin and this is my job and this is what I do. And oh, I must just go and buy a pint of milk. Are you asking how easy was it yeah. to get up in the morning yes. and be Berlin? Yes. I couldn't wait. I went to bed in the evening looking forward to getting up and being Berlin in the morning. And I think um, keeping the focus during the day is a challenge because you're so way out of the box that um, normal things, normal everyday life things still need attention. What are some of the things that you like about your job? Yours is such a unique career. What are some of your your favorite things, that some of the best things about your job? I think to, to me, for me, it's a lot about aesthetics. Sarah Jane, I, um, I see myself as an artist. I build beautiful things. I make people look beautiful. Skin and rope, the smell of leather, the um, shine of a metal shine. Let's go back to, that, to those, the, the misconceptions around, yes. which I'm sure are plentiful. Yes. The biggest misconception, I think, is that there's something inherently wrong with people who are into it. It doesn't 
it doesn't emerge from abuse or domestic violence and it doesn't say that you're fucked up if you enjoy getting off in this kind of way. In fact, my clients are stable, sane, accomplished people who mainly come into my dungeon to give power away. That's really interesting, that, the, the, and I love that you've spoken about that dynamic, and, and also the fact that it doesn't emerge, there's not some deep-rooted psychological problem uh, going on with, with your clients. They are just normal, and in most cases, I'm, I'm guessing, quite successful men, or is it just men or, or women as well? Both. Men, women, and especially couples. I enjoy working with couples. There's a very interesting dynamic there where they can either be both submissive to my dominant or there can be a pecking order, and I'll tell the one party what to do with the other. Can you just explain a little bit about some of the terms that we might be using in, when we talk about submissive, dominant, switch? What does that mean for the uninitiated? Well, you can talk about tops and bottoms. The dominant will be the top. Um, he or she is the person who's in charge. The sub or the slave is the submissive. What's interesting, Sarah Jane, is that in reality, the submissive is in control because the submissive has to give consent and he or she has to have boundaries and as a dominant I need to not push them past their boundaries. How does one navigate those boundaries because I'm assuming I've been into your dungeon and we'll talk about that in a minute and there's some very scary looking uh, pieces of apparatus in there. At the point at which you've got somebody hoisted up in a, in a cage on a chain. How do you know that enough's enough? Do you work with safe words? Yes. Safe word is a well-established norm and very important, especially when you start out. You don't have to use a safe word throughout your relationship, but yes, definitely in the beginning. When you say the word, the current action stops immediately. It doesn't necessarily mean the end of the session. It means that we will stop, we will regroup, reconsider, and find a way to carry on. And it's, I'm presuming that a safe word isn't just about somebody reaching their limit of physical pain. I, I'm guessing it can also be uh, an emotional, psychological state. Because, I mean, when you're in that space, I'm guessing that it's, it's not all about the physical. It's a very intimate uh, situation, a very, a very intimate space that's created. Yes, certainly. You're very right there. Um, I use my position of power to build up my submissive and submissives need to be encouraged. So often they say the word because they need a bit of encouragement. Would you ever, uh, you say that once, once that word has been, um, has been said, then, then things stop immediately. Um, and there are, no, there are no exceptions to that rule, the safe word is the safe word. I mean, because presumably you can be dealing with life and death in there at times. Absolutely. The safe word, when it's said, everything stops immediately. I asked you earlier um, about misconceptions. Um, just talk a little bit more, if you will, about, about some of the misconceptions surrounding, surrounding your job and what you do. Well, probably the, the, the biggest one is that dominants are abusive and subs are weak. Because, not true. Uh, absolutely not. It's, in fact, the other way around. Um, the, the dom needs to work with love in her heart and the sub needs courage and confidence. Do you feel that when you, and speaking on that, do you feel that you, you're really benefiting uh, the people that come to you in terms of when they, when they walk out the door, they've had, and as you were saying, a lot of them are very successful, have high-powered jobs, um, but they come in here, they can let go, they can let go of that responsibility. I mean, that must be quite a therapeutic thing for them. If you're asking if I'm a therapist, no. 
I'm not a psychologist. I'm here to play. I'm here to challenge you. I'm here to help you to explore your absolute ultimate fantasies and to get as close as possible to your biggest fantasy. Uh, we were talking about sex and psychology, and I'm wondering, have, have you ever been in a position, you were saying that um, it's, it's sexual for both, for both the dom and the sub. Have you ever been in a position where you've been sexually attracted to a client? As a professional dom, I need to be in control, 100% in control at all times. Sure, it is a, a sexual experience for both the dom and the sub. Um, of course I get attracted to subs, but the short answer is no. No sex. Um, the more honest answer would be, as a warm-blooded woman, there's... I, I don't find pleasure in having sex with someone that I just humiliated. Um, to me, it's more about what you can't have than what you achieve during the session. Interesting. And you were mentioning there about the sex. So you don't have sex with your clients. Um, you don't remove your clothes. Is that just just? I tell don't me. get undressed. You don't get undressed. I don't get undressed. No. Do you touch them sexually? I have a mechanical device. Heavens. With which. <laughs> with which I can reward a slave for good service. Ah, reward a slave. I like that terminology. Okay, okay. Uh, we talked earlier in the, in the interview about some of the positives of your job. What are some of the downsides? Honestly, Sarah-Jane, it's hard for me to answer. Um, I love everything about my job. I guess the fact that I work evenings and weekends is a bit of a down. That is not the answer I thought you were going to give. <laughs> That's wonderful. So pretty much like the rest of us, evenings and weekends, bit of a bummer. Bit of a bummer. Okay. Tell me about some of the risks attached to, to your job. Mistakes are unacceptable. I need to be comfortably in control of the situation at all times. Some things shouldn't be done in practice until I'm sure that I can safely accomplish them. My challenge is to push the limits and the boundaries of my sub without ever going too far and breaking them. So it's a very, very fine line between what I want from you and what you are willing and capable to give to me. How does the relationship work with a, with a client? I mean, are there clients that you will have just a once-off and then they'll maybe go to another dom because they like variety? Or is it, do you build up a relationship with them? Very important to build up a relationship. If a sub doesn't come back to me, it means I didn't do my job. I feel it's very important to grow. I never do the same thing twice. I keep challenging you and we keep open and honest communication to explore every single possible way that we can intensify our experience. Talk to me about an average day for Berlin. What does that look like? I get up late in the morning, I drink a glass of champagne, I go for a swim, I hop on the internet, and then I, I do a lot of leather work when I'm not seeing clients. I have a range of corsets and BDSM equipment, paraphernalia, mostly leather stuff that I also manufacture and sell. And then when it comes time to for the for the real work, not that the other stuff isn't the real work, how does that play out? How what how many clients would you have in a day? I aim to see between three and five clients a day. I 
can take time off whenever I want to. Um, I need to be in good shape to be mentally fit to handle the challenges of sessions with clients. I try not to do too much in one day. I'm sure everyone's dying to know. What's a, what's a typical session or is there such a thing as a typical session? And let's use a male in this, in this example. But, but a chap comes through your door and what's the typical setup? When a client arrives at the dungeon, I, I already know exactly what I'm going to do with him. Um, there's a questionnaire on my website that he fills in. So I don't always need to discuss the session with him on the day. When the client arrives, he goes directly to the bathroom. He has a shower. He puts on a collar and leash and he crawls to me in the dungeon. We have a short discussion about limits, safe words, boundaries, etc. And then we jump right in. And how do they refer to you? Mistress. They call me Mistress Berlin. And you refer to them as? A slave. And so then within the dungeon, can you talk about some of the, th some of the more common uh, fetishes or fantasies that, that people have? Let me rather talk about the ones I enjoy most. Yes, please. I, um, I'm a disciplinarian. I enjoy caning, whipping and flogging. I do, however, cater for a wide range of fetishes. You One showed me a puppy mask in there. <laughs> puppy play, yes. Puppy play. Puppy play is a thing. We play fetch, we go in the cage, we go for a walk on the leash, we beg for our food, we have a little accident on the carpet, we sit, we roll over, and we get patted on the head. What? Uh, <laughs> you were talking about other, other things that are, that are favourites uh, of yours, and the, the caning, obviously, and you've got a, a wide range of canes in there. And the dungeon, I'll just explain to, to the listeners, is really set up beautifully. I mean, it's, it looks like a, a, a boudoir of note in there uh, without, without a bed. Um, some of the, and you, you say that you make the equipment yourself. How much, if somebody says, oh, today I would like you to use the cat of nine tails on me is that their choice to make or your choice that's a tricky question Sarah Jane and not very easy to answer because in the first place they're here for my pleasure but in the second place I'm a professional dom which means that I have to take the desire or the the wish of the sub into account when I design a session can you talk a little bit more about the types of people that come to see you? You said earlier, uh, men, women, couples, most of them very successful and established. Can you talk a little bit more on that? Yes, as I said before, um, common misconception is that submissives are weak. It's n not, not at all. They're brave people, they are open-minded, they're willing to explore you will be surprised to see that my clients are mostly business leaders, lawyers, doctors, politicians, people who want to get away from a position of authority for an hour and just be entertained by someone else for a while. Can I ask you how much you charge for what you do? It depends on your fetish. Um, one hour session can be anything between 800 and 1,500. And I mean, presumably, you, you must make quite a, quite a good living. I do. And I'm also thinking, if you've got these chaps crawling around on the floor, your house must be extremely clean at all times. Yes, 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 absolutely. Even my garden um, is well kept. So, Berlin, we've talked about the client's reward. What's your reward? Aside from, obviously, you, you, your financial recompense, what's, what's, what's in it for you? 
I find it beautiful and erotic when someone's struggling against ropes. To me, it's a aesthetic, sensual beauty, albeit different from the traditional view of sexy and beautiful. My pleasure, as a as a as a sadist, as a as a real sadist, I do get absolute pleasure from suffering and from willingness to endure anything for me. As a dom, you were, you were talking about how you need to be 100% in control, but obviously there are risks, and we've spoken a little bit about those. Can you, can you talk on that some more, the risks attached to, to what you do? Basically, Sarah Jane, I need to know that I can get someone out of a, a certain bondage situation in case of an emergency. I need to get someone out immediately. I'm extremely concerned with safety issues. Um, accidents do happen. I have a string of quick releases to ensure that we don't get a dead slave in the dungeon. Do you know CPR, just as a yes. question? Yes, wow. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually did, went and did a course. Specifically because of your job? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I wanted to ask about friends and family. Do they know what you do? Yes, they know. And yes. what do they think about it? I have two teenage children. I hid it from them for about a year. So when I came out, my son's reaction was, Oh, Mama, I can it long, called self, I could figure. And my daughter thinks it's incredibly cool. And they show all their friends my dungeon. That is so fascinating. That is so fascinating. And when you meet new people and they say, well, hello, uh, Berlin, I'm a investment banker. Do you say, oh, how lovely to meet you. I'm a professional dominatrix. Yes, I do. You really take pride in your work. I really get that from you and I love it. And quite rightly so. Well, yes, um, I think it's a respected profession. I think um, it is not an easy job. I'm proud of being able to do it. It has helped me in my personal life. Can I talk a little bit about personal relationships? Um, yeah. Do you have, do you, are you married? Do you have a partner? Um, and how do they or have they dealt with what you do? Because it, it must be pretty tough. Yes, I do have a partner. He's an incredibly tough person. I used to say that I could never have a boyfriend while I'm doing this job. And the other thing I used to say is that I could never have a boyfriend who is a slave. And then both of those things happened to me, and I'm very happy in a relationship with a strong man who's willing to submit when I ask him to. And so that you have a quote-unquote normal relationship? Yes, absolutely. Except that when I need something done, I can just make him my slave and make him do it. I don't need to know. There are women across Cape Town, Berlin, <laughs> who are wondering how you've managed that and how they can get the same thing. I can tell you one thing, Sarah Jane, and that is that I get those women's husbands to work for me. Touche. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, I do just want to talk a little bit about um, Advent of Fifty Shades of Grey and whatnot that spoke about BDSM, and it, it became a little thing for a while. It became a fetish on its own for a while, the fetish of fetishism. But how, how true to life um, is that? Or is, is BDSM, BDSM just one of those things, just a part of life? It's nothing, it's nothing extra, it's nothing out there, it, it just is what it is. I think that, especially in the Afrikaans community, it's a very big taboo. And what Fifty Shades did for BDSM is to make it a little bit more acceptable to the mainstream 
in practical terms, what it meant for me is that suddenly I'm getting lots of Afrikaans-speaking couples who want to be tied up. And I think it's high time. So if Afrikaans people are sexually inhibited. In practical terms, <clears throat> what the movie did for me is to bring it closer to home, especially in the Afrikaans community. And is what you do a game? How much of when you uh, turn off the lights in the dungeon and uh, and lock the door and, and pop down to pick and pay like the rest of us do, does Mistress Berlin disappear? It depends if I'm wearing the boots or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do come out of character. The question I do sometimes come out of character, especially where I need to engage with the school. Um, where my children are concerned, I try not to embarrass them. Before we end the interview, is there anything that you want to let us know? Is there anything that you think people should know this about people that do this job? People should know this about me or about other women in the industry that you feel is important to, to get across? It's very important to me, Sarah-Jane, that, that, that people see it in a good light. It's a game. It's, it's not a joke. It's a, it's a game. It has rules and conventions. It, each scene has specific costumes, props, equipment, scripts, etc. It is a game, exactly like Monopoly or Snakes and Ladders. And it's within the rules of the game that we can play it safely and consensually. One final question. If there was any other job in the world that you could do, what would it be? A better dom. <laughs>